Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Punk Rock MBA Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock MBA Podcast. And today's guest is somebody I'm really, 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 really excited to bring you. Her name is Donna. She has a YouTube channel called Psych IRL. And what she does on that channel is analyze internet culture from the perspective of psychology. That's her background. That's what she went to school for. So she helps you understand why people like David Dobrik or PewDiePie or Trish Paytas or whoever else are successful or unsuccessful using principles of psychology. I absolutely love her channel. It's like the highlight of my week or every three weeks or whatever it is. Whenever she puts out a new video, I stop whatever I'm doing and I watch it because that is how much I love her channel. I'm very excited to have her on and talk about how she got to where she's at, kind of get some insight on how she built her channel and kind of pull out what the insights are for anybody that wants to start a YouTube channel or podcast or do any other kind of content. She is a very smart person and you should probably listen to what she has to say. Lots of good stuff about the mental health kind of angle of all this too, which uh, is a common theme on a lot of these conversations. So yeah, definitely check this one out. If you are at all interested in making content, Absolutely love her point of view on all this stuff. And before I get into all that, quickly, here's a few things you can do to support the show. First, you can buy some merch. There's a link to that in the show notes. Second, you can support us on Patreon. It is because of the Patreon supporters that we're able to do this show. Third, you can share it on social media. If you like this, just share it. Tag me and Deanna in there. Tell all your friends how awesome the podcast is. And speaking of Deanna, if you have a podcast that you want to get off the ground or maybe you already have a podcast you're doing and you just want to do it bigger and better, she can help you out with that. Give her a shout. There's a link to her site in the show notes. And with that out of the way, let's get into it. Well, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. I'm excited to uh, finally get you on the channel after nagging you many, many times over the past year. So thank you for obliging. Uh, Really excited because, you know, your videos are really actually the inspiration for what finally made my channel work. 
I tried a few things, you know, just the same as you did, tried a few things, people didn't care. Uh, and then eventually I saw, I'm not sure exactly which one it was, but one of your videos where you talked about some YouTuber and I was like, oh, I could do that, but for a band. And I did that and uh, it basically worked. That's what kind of made my channel take off. So thank you very much for giving me the, uh, the idea that made this whole thing take off. For sure. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be on this podcast. I'm excited. I'm sorry for uh, that collab that I promised, but I never got around to it. Oh, no worries. I get it. I've, I've flaked on a couple of those too. I mean, man, 2019 was just such a mental health wise. It was just so bad. Um, if you look back on my videos, you'll see that I uploaded like almost nothing compared to 2018. Yeah, I did notice that. Well, I guess we can get into that maybe later because I do want to talk about that for sure. But before I do that, I want to make sure people understand who you are. So uh, how do you describe the channel? This is something I always struggle with, but um, over the years, it's changed into and evolved into something different. But right now, I like to describe it as um, like giving commentary on internet culture, YouTube culture mostly, and always with a psychological spin to it. So it's like video essays um, supported by psychological concepts, if that makes sense. Yeah, so uh, looking back to the beginning of your channel, you've kind of pivoted a couple times, just like I think a lot of people do. You started out doing pretty much like straight psychology stuff, like operant conditioning and whatnot. You did some kind of buzzfeedy stuff, like how Filipino are you and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, man, you went, you went really back. <laughs> That's right. I went back to the beginning. And then you kind of landed on this thing you're talking about, which is the like psychology meets YouTube thing, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but that seems like that's where you really kind of took off. Yeah. So the first, uh, the first motivation for the channel was not even to get views. Well, it was and it wasn't. So I really wanted to do something that would um, like showcase my portfolio of how I can grow a channel. And so the best way I could have done that was through psychology. So that's why you see this ASAP science of psychology type video. And, you know, it, it worked. But the thing is, it didn't make me happy. And I know that's like so cliche right now for YouTubers to say, this content doesn't make me happy. And... I feel weird complaining about it because like it's it's not relatable to the general public, I guess. So I always feel weird uh, complaining about that. But that's how it started. And it slowly evolved into what you were saying. And now it's a mix between uh, psychology and uh, Internet culture. And right now, that's the content that makes me happy. It's interesting to hear you say that because I, I think I mean, I, I know pretty much every creator goes through that. And I have the same sort of thing, like in that my primary interest is business in right. the same way as your primary interest is psychology. But when I talked about business, nobody gave a shit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think of it as like kind of, you know, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Like if I wrap the business topic that I want to talk about in the context of music, people mm. will pay attention because they care about music in the same way as, you know, you kind of wrap these psychology concepts like parasocial relationships or whatever in the context of like internet culture, which uh, I think is like, uh, to me, this is, I guess what they used to call like edutainment, but it kind of is. For is sure, that for how sure. you look at it? Yeah, it is. Um, but also in 2018, um, you can kind of see, well, I don't know if 
Like, to me, it felt like I was kind of doing a, Wiki a Wikipedia page on these YouTubers. So I also kind of got tired of that a little bit. Right. So, like, mental health-wise, it's just like, ugh, I can't, I can't do this content anymore. Well, talk about why that's so... Because I feel exactly the same way. Like, people ask me, will you do a video about such and such? And I'm like, well, I don't really have anything to say about it. I could just, like... Yeah essentially do my version of wikipedia but i'm just totally not interested in that because i don't enjoy it can you talk about why you don't want to do videos like that i think it comes down to motivation honestly i enjoy making videos because it's i don't know there's like meaning to it like when i create something i want to make something that has meaning for me and i know that sounds that again that's another thing that sounds like privilege and cliche it's like I don't know, it's like, ew, stupid artist with, with right. their meaning yeah. shit or whatever. It's that. And like that's the motivation for me creating. And when I when I do these videos that are Wikipedia pages of YouTubers, it's like I'm actually not creating from a place of meaning anymore. I'm creating for a place from a place that's gonna give me views eventually and it's for the viewer. So, you know, the motivation and why I created don't match anymore. That's how I saw my mental health, like just go down or whatever. Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way. Just to me, my motivation is I want to share an idea with the audience. And if all I'm doing some sort of an idea that is new or challenging or somehow moves the conversation forward. And if I'm just like reciting facts that everyone already knows or could go find on their own, I just don't care. And, you know, YouTube is hard to do in the sense that it's a lot of work and i think it's also probably not good for your mental health in general oh, no. uh it's yeah. really not so if you're gonna go through all that it's got to be something that you care about or else why would you even do it yeah for sure i'm actually doing a video on burnout and there are like six or seven predictors of burnout and youtube as a job checks all those boxes oh interesting it's, it's crazy I don't doubt that at all. But you got to wait to watch it, so... <laughs> uh, I'm excited. It'll come out in three months. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to see that. And, you know, I'm always conscious of that, too. Like, anytime I... I don't want to say complain, but I guess it is complaining about mm -hmm. some aspect of YouTube. I, I feel so shitty because it's like, well, I'm so fortunate to have this as a thing and to have a following that I work so hard for and stuff. Like, I, I, I feel like it's never valid to have any sort of complaint at all. Do you ever kind of struggle with that? Yeah, I mean, that's why I upload and then I don't upload for, I think the longest time I haven't uploaded was a month. But I, there's no explanation from me because that's exactly how I feel. It's like, oh, I don't feel like it. Like, <laughs> yeah, tough yeah, shit. exactly. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. And so, I don't know, I just leave it. And I also feel like when I do explain, I think I've explained myself too, like multiple times. And then everyone's just like, yeah, um, I support you, take your time, blah, blah, blah. And then the next time I upload a video and I don't do it again for a month, it's like, oh, do I have to explain again? So it's just this reoccurring cycle that keeps happening. So now I just, I just leave it. I don't know, have you ever, I feel like you're pretty consistent actually. 
I am consistent in life to a fault. Like I eat the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. I get up at the same time every day. I go to bed at the same time every day. I go to the same places. Like I don't, I don't want to spend cognitive cycles on things like choosing what to eat Mm -hmm. because I, I think that we have a, from what I, from what I am aware of, we have like finite cognitive output per day and I want to spend it on things that matter, not, um, not stuff like schedule. So I just, I, I have only missed one week in two and a half wow. years or whatever. Uh, however, you know, to your point, I'm not sure that that was always great for my mental health. You know, I mean, especially, you know, how it is like you make a video and it's like the second you upload it, it's like, okay, well, what's, where's the next one coming from? Uh, and again, I'm not trying to like say, yeah. poor me, we're not working in the coal mines here. There are people that have real problems. We yeah. don't, but uh, I, I do think it's important to, share that side of being a creator with people because it's something that they're going to have to deal with if if they want to do this dang you're really disciplined if you haven't if you've only missed a day in almost two years well the guy who uh my manager who sells like sponsorships for my channel i didn't think anybody noticed that i missed one and 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 he's a good friend of mine too he just Mm -hmm. sort of offhandedly mentioned like oh well there was someone you know i i know you're pretty consistent you you did miss that week once in november and i was like oh fuck somebody noticed well i'm never gonna do that again i just because i feel so fortunate that this is working at all that i'm like i'm not gonna let this go i'm not gonna let this get away from me for any reason that i can control like if it turns out that people don't like me anymore don't care about me anymore fine but i'm not gonna let it get away from me just because I wasn't organized this week or something. And it's just my personality, I think, is I'm just a consistent person, which is sometimes bad because sometimes mm-hmm. I'm inflexible too, you know? So you feel like you can't miss... Totally. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for Christmas or anything, you were like, nope, I'm not <laughs> taking a break. I was editing a video in the hotel room on my honeymoon when my wife was in the shower. Uh-huh. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I didn't let it get in the way of our honeymoon because okay, I, I want to be good. very conscious yeah. of that. You know, just did all she was in the shower. But I mean, yeah, that's I put out a video or a honeymoon week. I don't miss anything. Yeah. But, you know, to your point, you know, I, I feel like, uh, by the way, I feel like I'm on the like psychiatrist's couch right now and you're giving me that look that makes me go, am I, no. am I saying something like terrible that you're making notes like, hmm, I see. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> no, no, tell, no, no. tell me more about that. I'm like. Not at all. I mean, like, I admire that scheduled, organized dedication because I just don't have that. And I'm trying to incorporate that more into my life right now. So, I mean, I'm trying. I'm going to sleep at like 10 and waking up at 5 a.m. Hopefully. Oh, for real? Okay. See, I aspire for that one day. Hopefully, this lasts. This is probably not what people want to hear from this podcast, but I'm going to ask you because maybe you know. Okay. What do you know about traits? Because I feel like this is, I I don't feel like I should get any credit for being this disciplined because Mm -hmm. I feel like I was just born this way. Uh, What do you know about like traits? I know trait theory is a field of study, but I don't know that much about it. Yeah. So, what do you mean by traits? Like, meaning are things like, you know, timeliness or something like that. Uh, innate traits that we're born with, like basically nature versus nurture when it comes to things like that. Yeah, you're right. There's actually a whole field of study on this and there's a lot of disagreements. And yeah, there's things like the big five. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, it seems to be the most reliable model from what I hear people talk about. And there's like MBTI and all that. Yeah. And for some reason right now, horoscopes are a thing 
which aren't psychologically <laughs> backed. But um, a lot of people are into that for some reason right now. And uh, the very short answer is none of that is actually like it's not consistent. So you can't say, oh, this person will succeed at this job because they have A, B or C, whatever traits. Um, and I mean, there, yeah, there's like a whole there's whole studies on it. And no one's ever found a model, a, a personality model that, you know, can accurately predict what type of trait will be good for this job. So, sorry, <laughs> you know. Got it. Okay. Well, speaking of uh, personality types, though, yeah. as I was digging through your videos, I saw that uh, you had one about being an INFP. Right. And uh, I, I read the description for that, and it seemed... Seem to fit you pretty well. I'll, I'll read it for everybody. Mediator oh personalities are true idealists, always looking for the hint of good and even the worst of people and events, searching for ways to make things better. While they may be perceived as calm, reserved, or even shy, mediators have an inner flame and passion that can truly shine. And the, the reason I thought that this was kind of a good fit for you is because I think you do a really good job of riding that line between like drama and commentary. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you, you never go into drama in, in my opinion, but you get close enough to it that you can kind of, you know, ride off the traffic that comes with drama without really going there. So I guess what I'm asking about is, is riding that line between drama and commentary. Same thing. You know, I get lots of people like, why don't you make a video about the beef between so-and-so and so-and-so? And I'm always like, nah, not interested. Yeah. It's mostly like, you need to, whatever trending topic is going on right now, that's the thing that'll get views because it's the thing that everyone's interested in. And that's like the thing that gets views. But what I really want to talk about is kind of hidden in there, kind of. So it's whatever psychological concept I'm talking about. I think the the last video I did was about Jenna Marbles and authenticity. Yeah. That wasn't actually drama because she wasn't doing anything dramatic or anything. I don't remember the last video I did that had drama. Oh, I don't know. Like the you you talked about Shane Dawson and uh, Logan Paul, right? Shane Dawson and Jake Paul, or whatever, whichever yeah. whichever one of the Pauls he did the the series with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked about that, and then I forgot what I forgot what the concept was. Like this was such a long time ago. Yeah, but I'm sure it was in there somewhere. So, but it, but it sounds like your basic approach is capitalize on the fact that people are interested in this thing. And perhaps looking for drama, but yeah. give them something healthy to eat instead of junk food. Yeah. And I mean, my main goal isn't really to be an educator or like this positive aura on YouTube or whatever. I think my main goal right now is just entertainment. I mean, I do have some educational elements in these videos and that's great. But my main motivation to make these videos is entertainment at the end of the day. It's so interesting to hear you say these things that mirror what i think yeah because I, I i don't know if you so is this a new thing that you've sort of said you know what it's it's entertainment or did you always feel that way like do you feel less pressure to like educate than you used to or or did you always feel this way well if you look back at my videos my first videos were education and they did very very well and I felt like because I started out as this ASAP science of psychology, I felt like I had to keep going with that, you know? And I think just recently, I was like, nah, I think my main goal now is entertainment. Because education is fine. That's just a, what is it called? Like a 
I don't know how to say it. It's kind of like a side effect, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like a side effect of my content, but that's not my main goal. And yeah, my, my motivation has evolved a lot. And I think that's a healthy way to look at things. Because if you're, if you're fixed on, I have to make my channel psychology because my name is Psych IRL. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you get into this dark place of not being able to evolve or being stuck in that I'm sad kind of state. Because Feeling I frustrated. Can't yeah. Yeah, so I, I've sort of come to the same conclusion or a similar conclusion recently, although I still want to give people something healthy to eat. I'm like, you know what? Fuck right. it. If people want to be entertained by me talking about this person, then fine, I'll give it to them. Right. And, you know, there's going to be something good in there for them. I'm never going to do, just by nature, I'm not ever going to do drama because I don't want to, but... You know, there's so much of this that's sort of fighting that battle between what you want to do versus what they want you to do and not making yourself miserable along the way, which, you know, again, it feels like such a whiny thing to say, but it's real and it can make people feel like legitimately really unhappy. So why don't you want to talk about drama? I just, I I believe, uh, I don't believe, I mean, I know that the kind of energy that you put out is the kind of energy you get back. Oh, for sure. And and I don't want, (laughs) the last fucking thing I want is that. You know, and well, the other thing which uh, I think I think we have in common is if I make a video about somebody, pretty much a hundred percent chance that that person is going to see it. Yeah, um, which is true for you too. How does that color your process, if at all? That's a hard question. I mean, a lot of the times I still feel like, oh, Joe, Jake, Paul, and Logan Paul aren't going to see this, but they might. No, I know they do. Oh, okay. I know <laughs> I've done. I've done videos on uh, David Dobrik. Yeah, and I, I, sw- I know they watch these videos because uh, one of the. Do you watch David Dobrik? No, I mean oh, okay. I know who he is, but I don't yeah. watch his stuff. So one of his friends or some guy in the vlog squad, Dirty Dom. Okay, I, I, I don't know who that is, but yeah, like he added me on Instagram, and he's like, "Oh, love your videos, blah blah blah." So I know they watch mm-hmm. the videos, but I'm a big believer in if you're not going to say it in real life to this person you shouldn't be putting it out on a video. Yep. And also, like, people are public figures, so you can't... I don't... I mean, I don't go in really on these people, right? Like... No. Okay. No, not at all. But you are critical in what I think is a totally fair, appropriate way, but you're not 100% positive all the time. You know, you are critical (laughs) of them. For sure, yeah. I mean, nor nor should you be. I mean, I think, to me, that's... I mean, that's the difficult balance. It's like, well, I have to keep it real. I can't just like say a bunch of great things about this person because I'm afraid they're going to see it. But on the other hand, like, I don't want to just be a total asshole because I I don't want to make somebody feel bad. And I know that it does feel bad when people say horrible things about you on the Internet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like the things that I haven't been 100 percent positive in, I mean, they've kind of deserved it. Yeah, I guess like the, the Tati and James Charles situation was I remember one of the drama videos that I addressed and I feel like because everyone was commenting, commentating on it too. I mean, like, I feel like I didn't say anything that bad. So no, no, not at all. But I, you know, I used to be more afraid of having an opinion than I am now. Mm, uh, okay. Especially cause these, like the people I talk about are friends of friends, like or, right. or they're very close to me, like one step away. So it's like, I know for sure somebody that we know in common is going to send this to them and they're going to see it. Yeah. And at first that was more intimidating to me and it's, I still take it seriously, but you know, when I have been critical almost every single time, 
that I've talked about it with the person who's in there, like, oh, you're totally right. Like, yeah, we, we, that was really stupid that we did that. I don't know why. I told everyone that was a bad idea. You're right. Yeah, for sure. I think most public figures that are like reasonable people understand that they're not perfect and are totally fine with like a reasonable, constructive criticism. You know, we're not calling people names. It's like an adult conversation about it, you know? And I guess that's how I think about it is like, as, as you said, if this person, I imagine that I'm sitting next to this person watching the video and how would I feel? Mm-hmm. Would I feel comfortable going, well, that's what I said about you. So going back to what you said about, do yeah. I feel... Uh, yeah. Or does that, you know, are there times where you're afraid to say something or you change the way you would say something or soften it? Or I guess, I mean, that would be pretty much the only direction that anybody would go, right? Is to soften a criticism. Right. Uh, unless you're a total asshole and you're like, I know he's going to see this and fuck that guy. But <laughs> yeah. I don't think either of us are that person. So, I mean, are there ever times where you soften something because you are, I don't know if afraid is the right word, but, you know, you're thinking, well, they're mm-hmm. probably going to see this. Do I really want to say that? Yeah. I think because of the way um, I say things or like my intent behind them, I don't really feel that. But um, does like when I met Bobby Burns, um, when I collabed with Bobby Burns, it was really weird because, you know, these are this this guy was someone I watch on the Internet, someone that I was like kind of a fan of. And that was because he saw your video, right? Yeah, he DM'd me on Instagram and he was like, whoa, love the video. And I was like, wait, what? But I was a little bit critical of you. How do you love the video if I was a little bit critical of you? So, yeah, just that interaction. And I think the way I phrase things, people are okay with. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really um, kind of affect me because I know people will see it. But knowing my intent behind it, I I think it's fine. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. 
But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. Well, speaking of uh, beauty YouTube, I kind of, oh, uh, or of, of James Charles and Tati. Yeah. I'm very interested in beauty YouTube. Not personally, obviously, because okay. it's not for me, but like my right. wife is super into all that stuff. She watches all of it. And like, I remember, you know, she was giving me all the play by play on the James Charles and Tati thing. Yeah. It's such an interesting corner of the internet to me. And I'd be curious to know what you think about it. Because my my thought is that it's really not about makeup at all. I think it's really just about these personalities that kind of use makeup as a reason to make videos, but people follow them more than anything else for their personalities. And that's kind of an interesting thing to me. So that's kind of my take. And it's and it's very interesting to me that it's extremely dramatic for <laughs> it's it's yeah. so dramatic. I'm like, yeah. really? Like you guys are talking about like eyeshadow how is there this much beef but there is yeah i mean whenever there's whenever there's money involved there's sure to be drama i think you're right though that it's more than just about the makeup it's a lot about personality and whenever i don't know if you've ever been to like a sephora or an ulta or beauty or anything oh yes i've spent many many hours at ulta yeah, a lot of the the like the people are like YouTubers now. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy how YouTubers have taken over the makeup game. I remember Jeffree Star being a MySpace kid. Yeah. And now his win his face is in the window of like Ulta. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. And um, I have a friend who's a former beauty guru. So she says that a lot of these products are just. They're the same product. Mm -hmm. They're just different shades or whatever, or different formulas, but they're essentially the same. And she has this. She has huge bags of makeup from PR. And you're right. It's more about the personality, like blue blood. I don't know. I don't know her his marketing behind that. But um, what was it supposed to be like? This like frozen alien type of thing or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it's it's more themes like right. uh, Shane Dawson's conspiracy. Like 
oh man i love shane like dawson the, but the like, cheeto dust yeah yeah flavor it's like or, i mean i know flavor of shade yeah for sure it's all about that lifestyle it's mm-hmm. it's more about the lifestyle rather than the actual shade i'm so interested in these kind of lifestyle businesses where it seems like influencers hold all the cards And Mm -hmm. I don't even know how a brand, I've been trying to think about this in my head, like how does a brand deal with that? It seems like they're just completely at the mercy of influencers. And I don't have an answer for that. Like if someone was like, well, what would you do? I'd go, I don't know. (laughs) I'm trying to make the influencers happy because it seems like they have all the leverage. They're the one that's closest to the audience and you got to play by their rules. Yeah. Yeah. I saw uh, Peter McKinnon and Emma Chamberlain, they have coffee lines now. Oh, I didn't know that. I feel like everyone's taking over the game somehow. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's pretty perfect for them. They've talked about coffee um, for a very long time and um, how you deal with that. I mean, I feel like brands have to just embrace it now rather than Emma Chamberlain and Peter McKinnon creating a competing brand for those things. The actual brands now collab with the influencers. So it's actually, I don't know, to me, it's like a win-win. Because I know Yes Theory uh, collabed with Gymshark, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, Peter McKinnon also makes, uh, what is it called? The ND filters? Right, right. I think it was Polar Pro or something like that. Yeah, it's just, what if the, uh, you know, if the influencer is the one driving all of your sales, Mm -hmm. what is your brand really worth if all you are is the person manufacturing the thing that they sell it's a scary place to be but uh i think that's the world we live in for sure to me i don't know to me i see it as a positive because as an influencer instead of going on your own and creating a competing brand why not partner up with a brand that's already an expert in that field oh it's great for influencers it's just not so great for brands uh, in my opinion, I mean, think right. like to me, Nike is the perfect example of this. Like, they, how many billions and billions and billions of dollars have they paid to athletes over the past 30, 40 years? For sure. Which is, I mean, really, that's they, they sort of invented influencer marketing, really, by getting the shoes on, yeah. you know, athletes back in the 80s and stuff. Yeah. And now, I mean, like, Kylie Jenner sold her company or sold a stake in it for 600 million bucks. Mm. It's like, this is not a niche thing anymore like influencers are legit big like a 600 million dollar exit is legit by any standard right and you know you can't really just write this off anymore as youtubers making crappy merch when there's people like jeffree star and kylie jenner creating billion dollar businesses off of the back of this and that seems like that just happened in the last like five years with beauty and that's super interesting to me to see the game change that quickly right you're wearing nike by the way (laughs) as always yes what but i wear it not because i love nike so much it's because it's the only thing that fits me right right so with the influencer thing with uh the nike thing are you saying that without these influencers the brand can't survive or for sure they'd be reebok really okay yeah for sure i mean that's the whole reason why nike is what it is because they got people like jordan and stuff like that on board back in the 80s yeah i feel like nike is such a timeless brand now though that i mean maybe they have to get some influencers now and then but i feel like look what kanye did for adidas he single-handedly made them relevant in 2017 that's true that's true and they couldn't do none of the other product that they did without without him they had whatever it was the uh, ultra boost that was cool for like a year right other than that they pretty much fell off other than the stuff they did with kanye you know that's pretty true uh, i see a lot of brands coming up now and they're like stuff that my parents used to wear 
And I'm like, yeah, how like is Fila. this? How 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 is um Fila relevant again? <laughs> right. My dad was wearing Fila before. <laughs> I bet your dad. I bet if you looked at some of your dad's outfits from like 1992, they're fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think uh, yeah, and I think a lot of that is because of influencer marketing as well. Yeah. I guess that kind of brings up the next thing I wanted to ask is like, where do you want to go with this? I mean, you know, your channel is, is pretty successful. Uh, do you want to keep writing this? Do you want to start a business on the back of it? Do you want to do consulting? Like, tell me where you want to be in five years. For sure. So 2019 was a great year for like brand deals and everything like that. And I took on way too much um, that I could handle. And as you know, that's when like the mental health just started going down. And I think uh, because of that right now, all I want to do is concentrate on uh, not burning out and concentrate on improving my content. So uh, this year, I'm actually taking less brand deals. And I, I just want to grow the channel. And I think it's because at heart, I'm a creator. And I know that you have to mix this whole thing up with business. So you do have to be you do have to have that entrepreneurial spirit. But I think that was pretty detrimental in 2019 for me. So I think I'm going to concentrate on that more being uh, more of a creator rather than an entrepreneur. If that makes sense. What is it about the brand deals that is particularly difficult for you? Like I said, um, the motivation for me like what brings me happiness in creating the content that I make, it really is giving these videos meaning. And when you do a brand deal, it's always like, it, it's, it's for capital, right? Mm -hmm. It's so weird. Like, it's so weird because... So just to be clear, for the brand deals, are you just talking about like the Audible, you know, sponsorships or whatever or something else? Yeah, Audible, uh, yeah. Skillshare and all that and all the sponsors that I yep. did in 2019. So it's like like my motivation gets mixed almost. And like I'm making this video for the brand because you do have to shape the video for that. Like one of the the best uh like the the best sales videos that I did was the David Dobrik manipulates uh your viewers or whatever. And then the the Audible book that was advertised was um a book about manipulation. So like oh, okay. yeah, so it kind of the motivation was That's the interesting because I don't, the content has nothing to do with my, I don't consider the sponsors at all in the content. Really? Yeah. And, and uh, I have done Skillshare a bunch. Yeah. Uh, never Audible because I think I'm too foul for them because uh, they like to keep it pretty <laughs> yeah. G-rated and I'm like PG-13. Yeah. I don't consider it at all. Maybe they would like me more if I did, but I feel like they don't even watch anything other than the ad uh the brands or yeah oh yeah yeah when i when i send in the the thing i it's always just the the brand part yeah. rather than the video part but like i don't know for me i always want to like keep the brand happy or like drive the most sales yeah so if my topic is in line with what the brand is like it, it's perfect sometimes i have a video done and and tony will be like hey do you have can you slot this one yeah. in for like tomorrow i'm like sure yeah and I just cram it in at the last minute and take the check. Nice. But maybe that'll work for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just how I do it. And, you know, it's definitely better. I mean, the way that you do it is definitely better, you know, from the perspective of like the viewer, it feels more authentic. What motivates you to make videos? A lot of things. My biggest goal is to build authority for myself as 
to basically prove to myself and other people that I can do this mm. because like I do marketing for a living. And I always think it's a little bit fishy when there's people who say that they're great at social media and don't have a following of their own. Right. It's not a hundred. I mean, there's cases where that's okay, but it's always a little bit fishy to me. I'm like, well, really? Cause you've got 800 followers on Instagram and like, I don't know, just doesn't quite add up. Uh, so that's like number one. That was the main reason. To prove to yourself that you can do this? Is that what you said? And to other people. Okay. Because as you know, like people look at like follower count and subscriber count. Really, that's like the only thing they look at, which is stupid because subscriber count doesn't really have very much to do with views at all. But right. that's what people look at. Right. So I just, it's just social proof to the rest of the world that will make them think I'm good at my job was like right. the main, it really, that's yeah. like the main motivation. Um, second is... You know, I, I put a lot of time and energy into this and I want, I mean, my time is valuable because I have another business to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to make money off of it. Uh, and those are kind of the two objectives. And then, you know, and, and I actually really enjoy talking to people about this stuff. But at this point in my life, I can't really do anything for free. Right. So I, I have to make money off of it. And personally, I don't really care who this, I mean, you know, I wouldn't do like one for like cigarettes or something like that, but like. You know, I don't really care who the sponsor is. Right. Other than that, I prefer like Skillshare is my favorite one because I actually do think Skillshare is really good and and I prefer working with them. But I'll take that raid money. I did it twice. I'll take it again. (laughs) Right. So what's crazy about that, about your motivations is those are the motivations that I had not to shit on your or anything like that, but those were the motivations I had. You're like, listen, kid. No, No, but um, yeah, I, I did a video about. I don't know if you've seen it, but it was like, thank you, Shane Dawson, for 45000 or something like that. I remember that one. I, I watched it. Yeah. I don't remember the content, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I know what you're talking about. And um, there was this part where um, this lady wrote me the shitty email about how bad I did with the house tour that wasn't even supposed to happen. But long uh-huh. story short, she wrote me this shitty email, and um, that was part of my motivation to... Um, into growing this following is to shut her up, even though I know she won't <laughs> see these videos or anything. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, after that, like, after I achieved this level, it was like, now what? I've already kind yeah. of proved to her and everyone that I could do this. I have the views. This money is pretty good. So, like, that motivation for me was fleeting. You checked the box. I checked the box. And so yeah. it's like, now what? So... Well, yeah. Now what? Where, where, where's this going? Yeah, that, that's that's why that's also partially the reason that my mental health kind of went down because that motivation that I got to prove to this lady and to, to everyone else who said that I can't do this. I got to prove that yeah, I can do you, this. Fuck you, Sarah. Pretty much. <laughs> 180,000 subscribers. What do you have to say now? Yeah, exactly. And when I actually achieved it, it's like, now, now what? Right. So I have to go back to that to that very first meaning of like, I like to make videos because it intrinsically gives me joy to make these videos. And I can't, so, I can't have that. Um, I can't have my motivation come from external factors like that. I can't have my motivation come from something that'll disappear once I check the boxes. So do you feel like you have rediscovered that motivation or are you still looking for it? Yeah, I definitely rediscovered that motivation when I created uh, a Trisha Paytas video where I pretend to be this director. Yeah, it seems like you've been doing more sort of fun, I don't know if cinematic is the right word, but yeah. like theatrical kind of stuff like that recently. Yeah, 
God, at heart, I guess I'm a, I'm also a filmmaker. I used to take a few film classes before I did the psychology stuff, and that's what I wanted to do uh, before psychology. So um, I'm trying to explore that too. Right now, that's the current thing that drives me as well. Got it. Hopefully, this 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 stays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Well, I mean, that's it, it seems weird to people that you wouldn't be motivated or that any creator wouldn't be motivated because they think, oh, if I had that many subscribers or follow whatever it is, like I would be motivated every day. But you might not be. It's weird. Humans are weird. Oh, man, there, it's there's so much more to it. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 so hard. And I don't know, like, it's so weird because it does sound like complainy and whiny because I think the Jenna Marbles video, I was like, oh, man, I have 179 subscribers and a, a bunch of comments were like, you know how much that is? That's so much. You should be happy. And I'm like, <laughs> there's a thing that I do that I think a lot of creators do of like constantly moving the goalpost one step further. You know, no matter where you get to the goalpost, the finish line is always three steps away, no matter what. And so I try to remind myself of that is, you know, remind, remember two years ago when all you wanted was like half of what you have now oh hell yeah um i mean even reaching 100k i was like okay once i hit 100 well this is when i was at like a thousand subscribers i remember thinking once i hit 100k this is it this is the this is the point in time where i'm going to be making sustainable income i'm going to be super happy and once i reached that goal it was like now what (laughs) it's again checking off that box yeah, because your motivation is subscriber count. And once you check that box, that motivation again is one, once again fleeting. And now you have to go, well... So it, it, it's super crazy. Now it's 200 or whatever the number is. Definitely. I want to ask you about, because uh, we're getting sort of close to out of time, kind of sort of, but not really. But I, there's a, psych- yeah. a psychology concept that I want to ask you about that is something I talk about a lot. I don't use the word, but locus of control. Right. Can you talk about what that is? Yeah, so your locus of control is how you feel about... This is so weird because I was just thinking about this the other day. Mm. Yeah, so your locus of control is how you perceive situations, whether that be internally or externally. So as an example, um, let's say you fail a test. An external locus of control would be you blame the teacher. The teacher just sucks. And then internal locus control, you say, well, I didn't study hard enough. So that's why I failed the test. So why did you fail that? Like, what is your, why do you think you failed the test? Is it because of a bad teacher or is it because uh, you didn't study hard enough? So if you have an internal locus of control, you believe that you have control over the situation. If you have an external locus of control, you believe the control of the situation lies outside of you. Yeah, pretty much. And, um... People who have a more internal locus of control, they're they're more likely to succeed in whatever it is they want because they believe that, you know what, if I want a goal, I can take the steps to actually achieve it. While someone with an external locus of control who probably believes in environmental factors affecting whatever it is that they want to achieve, they believe like, oh, I can't because I'm in a shitty situation. And, uh, you know, things like that. Fill in the blank. Yeah, pretty much. Why do you ask about that? Because I talk about this a lot in my videos. I don't use that term because people don't know what it means. 
But I think that in the world I come from of, you know, weird alternative music, I think the vast majority of people have an external locus of control. And I believe that that is a huge part of why they're unsuccessful and unhappy. And it's interesting to me that people who have an external locus of control really don't like the idea of challenging that or suggesting that maybe they do have more control. And it's interesting to me that people are, yeah. react very emotionally and defensively to the idea of saying, actually, I, I think you probably have more control than you think, which to me is a positive thing, but people react very negatively to hearing that. Are they like aspiring musicians or what do you mean? Yeah, by? or anything, aspiring anything. It's like, it's, okay. it's like, I can't do it because X. You know, because right. the government or the cops or my teacher or where I live or I'm short or whatever it is, or I'm not pretty enough or whatever the thing is, you know, and you say, well, you know, there's somebody else who came in the same circumstances that you did and, and they made it. So maybe you can do it. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, but it's always a yeah, but. Yeah. And I remember my mom making fun of me when I was a kid for saying, yeah, but. So whenever I'd say it, she'd say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. <laughs> Yeah, and kind of drilled that into my head as a kid, and and it's interesting to me that that's such a like I don't know that it's such a emotionally charged concept to me when uh, or to to other people to me it's just it's it's a an objective analysis. I mean, in some situations there are external factors that you don't really control, but to me it's just an objective look at a situation to to see what I do have control over, and I think other people look at it much more emotionally, and that's strange to me, but. Sometimes I'm a robot, so I don't know. Maybe I don't get it. I feel like most people are have an external local locus of control. And I don't know if it's most entrepreneurs feel like it's like it has to come from within them and they have to do it. Yeah, that's an interesting question because me and my sister are super different. And I think she's more external and I'm more internal. And I don't, it, it's made us butt heads a lot. But yeah, I don't know. Um... I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought maybe you had to have the answer, but I guess you don't. Well, I mean, what are you trying to say? Like, oh, I was just curious, you know, since this is you made a video about it, you've studied this. I was just curious if, you know, if you had any, um, you know, if if there was anything you knew about why people with an external locus of control uh, seem to get so butthurt about it when you bring it up. Or maybe I'm I, I probably almost certainly I bring it up in a shitty way, <laughs> kind of attacking, and that probably doesn't help. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just it's so fucking exhausting to me to hear people make excuses. Oh, so you're in the annoyed? Game. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, okay, shut the fuck up. Like yeah. you're good. If you're born a fucking able-bodied American, you won the lottery. Yeah, for sure. Like you're good. Like, my father-in-law fucking got thrown in prison by communists and fought in the jungle for seven years in Vietnam, and he's fucking fine. Oh, dang. Like, you're crying because people aren't paying attention to your content on the internet? Right. Give me a break. Right, yeah, that can be annoying. There's a lot of small YouTubers. Um, every time YouTube tweets something, there's always a lot of small YouTubers. Ah, uh, YouTube isn't helping small creators. That, right. it, that can get annoying. Honestly, for me, I feel like the internal is also something that is developed almost and you can't say it in such an asshole way. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's a trust common theme in my life is, is people <laughs> saying, maybe you shouldn't say that to people in such a harsh way. Maybe they would listen to you more if you would soften it a little bit and me going, yeah, but I don't want to. <laughs> 
No, yeah, for real, because, like, like, my sister, my sister is, is like that, and I've said to her, I'm like, if you just get up, if you just, if you just go, you could probably do this, too, but I feel like people, people's personalities are different. Imagine, like, saying that to someone, and, like, they're, like, they're super broke, and, like, and you're, like, and then you're, like, maybe you should just try harder, (laughs) you know? Like, the, yeah, people don't like hearing that, but it's true. Yeah. Like, the, that, uh, photoshopped picture of paris hilton from years ago where her she's her t-shirt says stop being poor <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> i wish that was real i want it to be real because that is just the most off-putting thing Ugh. anybody could possibly ever do but unfortunately it's not real oh man <laughs> <laughs> yeah but at the end of the day too it's like okay you're in this situation now what what are you gonna do are you exactly it's like you can either stay in that situation and be unhappy or you could take steps to actually improve yourself. Yeah, I mean, like that. I made a video about Henry Rollins that I put out the other day, mm-hmm. and that was sort of my central point. In it is he's written dozens and dozens of books and songs about how he's lo- you know s- sad because he's lonely and can't connect with people. Uh, and then he the the rest of his books and songs are about how much he hates people and doesn't want to mm-hmm. get them to get too close to them. Right. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, it right. sounds like you got what you asked for. And right pick one like you keep saying this like oh this is just how i am but you don't have to be that way yeah it's so hard because like the person has to see it and you you like for sure if you you tell it to them they're gonna get defensive and everything like that so it's so hard i don't know i I like to tell people i find it's a good communication technique if i say why are you being defensive oh god (laughs) (laughs) and then tell them calm down i'd be so pissed (laughs) Well, maybe maybe I need to try another approach then. Maybe not the maybe that's not the best way to go. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I don't really do that. Okay, cool. Well, we're we're running short on time here, and I don't want to take up the rest of your day, especially since you just battled traffic to be here. So thank you very much for making time for this. I really appreciate it. Um, is there anything that you want to add before uh, I let you get back to whatever you're doing? No, thank you. That was really fun. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home thinking about how awesome this podcast is. That works, too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. 
Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.